This is Kenny. And this is Mark. And this is All I Want to Do is Talk About Madonna. Album 11, track 6. Nothing Fails. I'm in love with you. This is my favorite song on the record. Whoa. I know. I know. Go on. Um, and I've been thinking a lot about this, like why this song continues to like haunt me in this way. I never had like a deep relationship with it. I never, uh, I never heard it in a club. I never uh, really connected with it um, when she did it live. Uh, but when I get to it, listening to the to the record, it always is the song that makes me stop, and makes me reconnect with that bass thing about Madonna that I love. And there's also I feel like I have this new theory developing that there's always a moment in a Madonna record where it all pivots, and there's this thing that you kind of go in. There's this level of expectation or not expectation of a song of an album and then the 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 tracks up to this pivot point service or um sub- subvert those expectations and and kind of or shatter them or do whatever and then something happens and it happens in true blue at live to tell it happens in uh, ray of light at skin it happens in erotica at waiting where it just pivots and it settles into this other area that for me it just it, I, I I'm 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 open and I'm receptive to what she's saying and singing about and for me nothing fails is that moment for me on wow. this record yeah wow i think it's a really really beautiful song i it's not my favorite on the album. Mm. Obviously, I'm so stupid is yeah. one of them, and we're coming up to another one yeah. in a second. But and um, but um, uh, I think it's also really a gorgeous song. Yeah. I think her voice is the thing that we haven't heard this part of her voice specifically now for the uh, anywhere else on this album. Yet. Yeah, it connects back to singer songwriter Madonna, even though she didn't really write this song, which we'll talk about. Yeah, but her voice reminds me in this song of Karen Carpenter in the way that we haven't really connected her voice to that mm-hmm. tenor mm-hmm. in a while. The, well, you know? there, there's that anthemic plaintive yearning quality that we've talked about so many times in, in her ballads and things like that. And, and I think it taps into that. I also think that it, it, it exists in this perfect place where it's both electronic and folky and neither of the elements overwhelm the other they augment them in this almost like perfect way interesting 
deeply I disagree. disagree. I knew you would. I knew yeah. you disagree. Why? Because I think um I think that a lot of people feel like the electronic parts of it are just flourishes to kind of make it feel electronic-y. I guess so, yeah. There, for me, there's a version of this song without... I think the beat really... Sometimes I like it, but as I've listened to it, as we've gotten ready to do this, I found the beat to be um, intrusive. Mm. Like the guitar and her voice and then even like i don't know if it's an oboe or whatever the classical instrument that comes in to sort of support the song comes in yeah i think it's a cello a cello yeah. i think are so gorgeous yeah. that i wish the rhythm the had beat, stayed out of the way or of just been turned down mm -hmm. like and muted a little quieter for yeah. me it feels so upfront that it takes away some of the the beauty of the song for me to be honest interesting Let's talk a little bit about the song and where it comes from. Yeah, to, to yeah, kind of go in. Yeah. Um, this was the this was the only kind of quote unquote cover song that Madonna had on the record, and it was written uh, by Guy Sigsworth and Jem Griffith, yeah. who was a singer songwriter uh, of a uh, British singer songwriter of note of that time. Yeah, she's a really interesting singer songwriter. Had a had a hit right after this, or yeah. a year or so after this, which we should listen to a little part of. Demo of Nothing Fails, which is called Silly Thing, 
which I think is really interesting when we yes. talk about the lyrics. Um, it is beautiful, and it sounds like every Natalie Ambruglia, <laughs> uh-huh. uh, Spice Girl totally. themed song Spice of that. Girl? I don't know. You know the spi- like like all the solo Spice Girls when they would put out a pop song, it would it would have this kind of like tenor to it um because to me it reminded me more of like a beth orton song yeah you know or everything but the girl like though a little more busier than an everything but the girl song but yeah but yeah it's much more like oh i recognize what kind of this song is and where it would fit on a on a radio stage totally totally And Jem was Jem was like couch surfing when she the call came in that they were going to use this demo for really? Madonna. Yeah, she was like struggling and she didn't have a record deal. And I remember there's this really moving post that she put um, out probably around the ten year mark where she heard nothing fails like at the supermarket <laughs> on the on the overhead, and she was reminded of like where she was when she found out she was her song was going to get chosen by Madonna to be on an album and she was like had no she was couch surfing and sleeping on her mother's couch and um she was talking about she also mentioned um how Quentin Tarantino had really struggled and then he got the call to direct uh True Romance and and that that kind of thing of like you have to keep going it was mm. it was a message and i was really moved by it because you know she she did wind up having some some great successes and kind of was discovered. Um, and we don't think a lot about that with Madonna co-songwriters. Like a lot of them, nothing happens to them. But she... Yeah. Well, apparently, I she co-wrote this with Guy Sigsworth, which yeah. you said. They had only been in the studio for like two days just trying shit. This was like on the second day they made this song. Yeah. And it was made like a couple years before the American Life recordings actually happened and then just pulled into those. So, yeah, it is really interesting how life works and how magical it is. And, and the other thing I really loved about it was that um, she wrote the line, I'm not religious, oh, but, yeah. I th- but makes me want to pray, pray. So, and that always, I always thought was a, a very Madonna line, but uh-huh. she wrote it. So, and who knows, maybe Jem was influenced by Madonna. I love that. But I love, I love the kind of, what I love about her demo is it, it hints at a kind of experience, like, oh, you silly thing. Like, I have perspective 
on this that you don't have. And I think Madonna really took that part and she the 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 editing she makes and the additions she makes are very choice and very specific and very Madonna y. Um, most of which have to do with like Kabbalah and the tree of life and yeah. all of yeah, those Yeah, she things. changes some of the lyrics. Yeah. yeah. And then she changes some of the melody or she she adds in phrase here or yeah. there that, yeah, does, I absolutely feels like the Madonna and it cleans it up. Yeah. I think she does make the song better. Well, and she makes it into like an epic song where it goes, so, it builds to something yeah. in a way that the demo, I don't think, knew how to end. It just kind of ends. Right. Well, you know, this is, I think, is a point of um, maybe disagreement for us about like the chorus and that part of the end, because that to me is is probably my biggest problem with this song. When 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 our when our choir comes back, yeah. Oh, I love when the oh, that's the best. That's amazing when they shut. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, a choir is there after all of this like vocal only just madonna for all of these albums like a choir is back yeah <gasps> i love it and then they're gone again exactly i love that i don't like it oh well i don't know why it's um, so beautiful it is it is beautiful i didn't feel it was like <laughs> did you feel like it was like we're gonna make another like a prayer well partly a yeah. but not necessarily. I didn't think they were trying to replicate that, but I was like, oh, Madonna's used choir before, and so here it is again. It's the only other time, actually, she's used choir yeah. I can think of, right? Yeah. Um, and so far up until this time in her career. But I also felt like it was like, I'm not religious. It makes me want to pray. And then suddenly the chorus is there, the choir is there, and I'm like, oh, this is a little too on the nose for me, A. Secondly, I don't, I feel like it doesn't quite mesh with the song for me. Like, I just find it takes me out of the song. It doesn't make it prettier for me. It makes it see, <sighs> and and I I I want to go back. So I I think that the choir. First of all, it's a choir like the strings in "Die Another Day." It's recorded in a completely different way. Yeah. Than the choir from "Like a Prayer." Yeah, it, for it's sure. It's a completely different choir. It's a completely different vibe. Um, they're much more controlled. They're an element of the song versus like taking over the song. Um, I also think that um, it, it 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 makes the song fit on the rest of the album because it makes it a bigger world song. It makes it about a bigger thing. It it turns it much more into an epic in a way that I don't think. I think it works really effectively in that way of, of turning it into like this, you know, I'm not religious, I feel so new, ooh. I mean, it, it's just, it, 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 there's this alchemy that happens when they come in and I love it.
I, I, I don't know if I, I'm probably in the minority where like I found, I, I always think every time I hear it, like, I wish this wasn't here. I would have been happy to hear her do the refrain over and over again. And maybe riff on it. Like- I would have loved it if she had taken the, the line of the cor- the choir and done that in her voice and it had been overlapped the way that when we get to ecstatic process and we hear these yeah. multiple yeah. these voices coming in I wish this song had been more like that for me I liked it as a smaller song and I think the beat as well as the thing like that makes it bigger yeah. Yeah. and I just don't want it to be bigger like I think I wanted like going back to her voice like what I mean about the Karen Carpenter is like there's this plaintiveness to it. It's deep. Like when she gets into some of the, and the melody comes out so beautifully yeah. and she talks about the tree of life and we really hear this gravitas in her voice. And I just wanted the song you, you to feel honor like you, that more. And you feel like you get further away from that as the song gets bigger and has yeah. more elements. It feels less true to me. Like, and yet, and yet Karen Carpenter songs always had huge production around them and and you know i mean that was like sure yeah but it was different i mean this her brother's thing was like creating these like i like big production around madonna i mean if we think about rain or you know like i like all of that i just felt like this song is really a a song guitar there there's there's an uh, oboe or cello or whatever and like i kind of wish that had been it yeah I, I also think that one of the other reasons I love the song so much is um, is the line, I'm not religious, uh-huh. but it makes me want to pray or I feel so new. And I think at the time when the song was out, I, again, we had talked to before about how much I was looking for tools for Madonna to kind of get through this really challenging part of my life or not challenging, but just it, it was it was tough, but it was I didn't know where to go. I didn't yeah. have a direction. And I was like, what do I do? Where where am I going to go? How's this going to go? And I loved this idea of not being confined by that, by the institution of Catholicism in the church. Because, you know, in my early 20s, I had finally kind of like stopped going to church. And I was very, I, I it gave me permission to still be religious without being, um, within the institutions of the religion. And it mm. always makes me sad when I hear, and I have a lot of friends who never quite got out of the institution and and continue to allow their relationship with God or re- with their spirituality or their faith be like tainted by what's going on in the organization that's running their with the church uh-huh. and it makes me really sad and I think that one of the things that this song does is you know with the echo of I'm not a Christian and I'm not a Jew still in my in my ear yeah. I'm not religious but this is as cl- but I don't need religion to feel this ecstasy this connection to the higher power this connection to the universe this connection to each other right. to be a good person to be a kind giving loving energy and that was very liberating for me I think mm. when I heard that and and for her to for Madonna who you know my defining Madonna record is like a prayer to have that her say I'm not religious but it feels so new it feel you know yeah that to me was so amazing to hear mm. and it almost gave me permission to keep on a path where spirituality and faith are definitely part of my DNA and and 
and yet I don't feel like Catholicism, the capital C, is ne- necessarily the the. It's not an unexamined path. I'm just willing to fall walk down mm-hmm. in the same way, and mm-hmm. I think it, it. I think it was a really groundbreaking breaking thing for me to hear her say this. Yeah, mm-hmm. and to continue to say it, to sing it in this song, and it's about. You know, because the song is about love and it's about a, a relationship that is transformative and yeah. um, and frees her. You know, nothing fails, no more fears. You've wiped away. Like like the bravery and the kind of, um, it's a freedom that, 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 that the love gives you. And I think she's also talking in some ways about how her relationship with Guy Ritchie gave her the foundation to take these huge steps creatively and make this record. And, you know, and I, and, and I get what you're saying. Cause I think, you know, this song wasn't a hit. It wasn't, success. I mean, it wasn't a hit and, and it, it, I think a lot of people kind of saw it as a calculated move to kind of echo like a prayer and do this kind of thing. And yet I don't feel like like so many people, the criticism they have of American Life, the album is, it's so navel-gazing and insular. And yet this song is is a cover and she didn't even write, you know, and so so I, I definitely think that, that you see Madonna's song craft happening here too and how she makes the the song into a song for her and lifts it out of what it was. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean... I do like this song. I just always like feel like, oh, it could be this. It could be that. You know, yeah. like, I want it because I I do find I I also resonate with the lyrics of this song. Like, I feel like this is where we see more of the Kabbalah in her work, right? Yeah. And we also sort of see and and it's like lessons learned. Like this idea of like nothing fails is a really powerful concept to think about. Yeah. Like, that like can you live your life thinking about like well there is no failure yeah um well, I because would... i have love in my life and i know i have a haven like everything else that happens around me is is, is not failure it's learning it's growing i've climbed the tree of life and now i know you know like i'm no longer scared if i fall right because i yeah. know that the fall is just part of yeah. the living which is really beautiful spiritual concept well and it's so empowering because it makes nothing nothing you've done is your relationships that end aren't failures right like nothing you know and 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 i always say this to people who are like well that was five years down the drain it's like no you had five years totally together totally and and i kind of love that and i love that idea of um again it goes back to this idea of like like removing all constraints so that you can totally feel free well removing all yes but also having a strong center yeah because when i get lost in space i return to this place you know yeah you're the one you're the thing that i'm holding that i know no matter what happens that i can come back to this this force yeah this love that's private in ours you know yeah 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 oh I just love yeah. it. So, you know, thinking about it in, in uh, the trajectory of this album, yeah, third single after Hollywood, didn't chart in America yeah. on the... Ch- on the. And I think they knew it would be a challenge because they 
put nothing, nobody knows me on it as well. Right. And, and so that they kind of were like insurance policy. It. You know, there's a, there's a wondering I always have, this is another time with this album where I'm like, what if the album, you know, she hadn't released the ballad in, um, since power of goodbye. Yeah. Like what if this album cycle had started with nothing fails? Would this have been a different experience of an album well, for people? Well, what do you think a video of this would have looked like? I don't know because that's the that that I think is the biggest the biggest sadness about the song for me is that there's not a video for it because yeah. that and and I don't know if that was just a scheduling thing or they didn't have the money. I mean, the single is atrocious the packaging for this single uh -huh. i mean it is basically a still from the M missy elliott right. gap commercial <laughs> and they turned off the lights and front lit madonna and was like okay here's the single cover and it's like this awful like well you know like every album rose color yeah i mean i think every album gross. has like a certain budget and then she used all that budget on the first two songs, right? Yeah. That was what they planned. And then they just didn't have, you know, the love for fusion video being like an accident or it was probably paid for by L'Oreal ultimately. Yeah. You know, yeah. That this just, they didn't have the money for it and maybe the song could stand on its own or maybe it was, sometimes it's better when there's not a video for a song that it can live on its own. But yeah, if it had been the first single, what or the second, this? or maybe even the second. Like if sure, let's say American Life was just the title of the album, and there wasn't a song called American Life. Yeah. Hollywood was the first single. Nothing yeah. Fails was the second single. Yeah, yeah. I wonder what would have happened. Yeah, it's so different. It's so funny how this whole album, everything about it, is shaped by that first that song, single. You know, that, that pesky song. Yeah, yeah. Um, she did do it live though And I think that this yeah. is another th This, These were the rediscoveries for me When I kind of started researching this um, She did it during the promo tours yeah. And had a choir In uh, MTV in, yeah, yeah, at MTV And it's magical So beautiful, and then during the tour, during reinvention, she does it. it it's her um, uh, "I deserve it" moment. Yeah, where she's like right there, making eye contact, and the people are the the you're the she's one she's singing to. Yeah, she's yeah. Say, saying like you're the people that. Yeah, this is what's held, holding me down, which is really beautiful moment. Oh my god, it's yeah. so moving. It's yeah. so moving. Right up against a plastic barrier. Yeah, to them. all the plastic barriers <laughs> around her. 
Um, she's like, you're the one. Just don't get any closer. <laughs> don't don't sneeze on me, baby. I'm not getting sick. <laughs> yeah, I. You know, again, like I like the live performances, but I don't love them. I but she's feel, wearing that silly like headdress thing. Yeah, we'll talk about that <laughs> when we get to reinvention because I don't understand it. I was like, I'm but, so moved, except that headdress. It's like you know, in Madame X when she has that like thing on her head, you yeah. know. And I'm like, what? What's why going not? On? Why not? Um, it came with the wig, you know. So it's like the wig is that, you know. But um, it, but I felt like in the promo tours specifically, I feel like the live in the reinvention it's gets better like it felt like it was a little too fast a lot of times for yeah. me like it was going it's an up it's an up tempo ballad it's yeah. like but it felt like it was going too fast for me um and that the beat was driving it in a way that i just wished yeah. it hadn't yeah you know? it like really frustrates me i know it does i can see that i can um, sense that in your <laughs> <laughs> but then on the reinvention tour, it feels more integrated. Yeah, um, I just think it's a gorgeous song, and I yeah. and, it, and it's always been one of those songs that when I get to it on the record, and I listened, uh, you know, I, I I I feel like this, like how high in Confessions is a song that is a pivot too. Oh yeah, and I can see that. um or or um or jump. Yeah, like yeah. those are pivots in the. But like with this album, I, I rarely listen to this album without uh, like as as set songs. I do it all the way through, and I always stop here, and I always mm. have a moment with it, and and it's nobody's number one or top ten songs, but it's it's a gorgeous. It really is lost it's... song, and I do think it's because of the. I do I do think I take a lot of um. Umbridge, there's no video. Mm. I really want there to be a video for this. Well, you know, yeah, I. It's hard to say. Yeah, I would be so curious to see what this video would be if it, there was one. Yeah. I, I, every time we've been, now that we've been talking about the song, I think a lot about Crave. Oh yeah, and I kind of connected to Crave though. Crave to me is more. I I think Crave is a really successful song. Yeah, and this is too, but not as like. Yeah. But it is similar and like Madame X, like when you get to Crave, it's like, okay, oh. let's, let's come. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Here's a pop song. Yeah. Here's nice, just a nice clean yeah. Madonna ballad where her voice is doing all the things we, you know, we want it, her to do. Yeah. It's yeah. just like, yeah, this is the straight down the middle, like track in that yeah. way, in yeah. the best way. Yeah. Um, there were some great remixes to this song. I a hundred percent agree. And um, it, it also has one of my favorite uh, so remix titles of all Madonna remixes, yeah. which is the Jackie's in Love in the Club mix. <laughs> I think that's an amazing... I'm so happy for Jackie. I'm in too. And I hope um, uh, whoever Jackie's in love with is in love with Jackie back. I hope, it, I hope the night ended well for Jackie. I do. I do. I love that title. I yeah. love it so much. Yeah, there's, they're really good. They're better than I thought they would be. Um, Peter Rauhaufer's mix is fantastic.
Classic house mix. It's, it is a classic. It's not a multi-part. Mix. It's just a classic mix. Well, finally, they were like, "Can you stop with the part <laughs> ones and part twos? Um, and he's like, "Fine, fine, fine." But he's a really great. Um, you know, we we mentioned his name multiple times. Yeah. And so, just to like stop for a second, all right. Um, before he was just Peter Rauhofer, he was part of Club Sixty Nine, yeah. which is like also so dating back all the way to like. Nothing really matters. He was doing remixes for Madonna and has done remixes all obviously all the way through this time. Mm-hmm. He does remixes for Cher. He remixes Believe. Yeah. Um, he does like every major artist, you know, and um, was really, really, and even continued to do Madonna remixes for a long time. Yeah. Really handsome guy. I don't yeah. know if you see any pictures of him. Beautiful man. Yeah. They're always and, beautiful. They're always beautiful or British. And sometimes they're both beautiful and British. <laughs> a, a lot of times. A lot of times they are. Um, I miss London. I miss London too. Do um, so you want to go back? Um, and but then he, I guess it was around 2013, um, uh, was diagnosed with a brain tumor and died. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so left behind this legacy. He's listed as one of the writers on um, Beyonce's Alien Superstar on her last album. I know, I, which is such is a gift. It's such yeah. a wonderful thing. And yeah. um, I think uh, you know he and, and and by all accounts, I I did some some research on him, and he he was also a lovely person, yeah, yeah. like a a great and and also didn't play a lot of attitude or diva moves, and could turn around a mix really quickly too which i think madonna probably loved yeah um and it's really interesting that you know on, on record store day in april they're going to be re- they're going to be releasing a new vinyl mix of uh american life mixes for yeah. record store day uh, a brand new compilation which is very exciting and it's dedicated in memory of peter rahoffer which i think will be a wonderful thing and there's something about this album and his mixes that i mean he he's kind of the the consistency throughout. Yeah. You know, we have the blow ups, we have Jackie in love, we have the above and beyonds. They're kind of coming in and out. Peter is there throughout the whole journey. I mean the only other mix I would I would uh want to mention is the Nevin's Global Dub. Mm.
I love that mix, and I think um, uh, that's one that I really I remember um, hoping I could hear at a club, but alas, I never didn't. did. I didn't. Yeah, you know, it's always it's always dicey when a somewhat ballad is remixed. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I'm not I'm not a girl, not yet a woman had a dance remix. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Nothing fails, Mark. Nothing fails. Love is um uh no more fears. Till next time. No more fears. Bye. Nothing fails. <laughs> <laughs>